Hello. It is a pleasure to be with you. I am so thankful and grateful that you are considering jumping in to this whole process of writing IMK reports, Initial Measures Kits reports for the Brazilian Catholics community. So good to have you on board. And I just want to say up front that I'm going to provide you with the slide deck and the outline and a transcript of this training. So if there's any concerns about having to take notes or understand everything all at once, just a lot of reassurance that it's okay, that we don't have to do that. And so we're just going to get started. So this is our first training video on initial measures kits. It's the training on interpretation and report writing. And we're going to jump into the big vision for this. What Souls and Hearts is all about, because that guides and directs everything that we do in the RCC. It guides what we do with the IMK report writing. So we always want to bear that in mind. Souls and Hearts is all about fostering human formation, grounded in a Catholic understanding of the human person, and informed by parts work, especially internal family systems, the multiplicity, the unity, the, the, uh, the systems thinking taken inside. And so we're looking to remove natural level obstacles, human formation deficits, those that get in the way of the three loves, loving God, loving your neighbor, and loving yourself. Those three loves that are summarized in the two great commandments. St. Thomas Aquinas argues that we must love ourselves in an ordered way in order to be able to love God and our neighbor. And we can't love our neighbor more than ourselves, St. Thomas says. According to Anthony Flood, Thomas's thinking indicates that your love for yourself is the root and form of your love for your neighbor. Your love for yourself is the template for how you're going to love your neighbor. So to be personally loved, we have to be personally known. And to be personally known, we have to allow our parts to be seen, heard, and accepted. That is what the IMK experience is all about for our RCC applicants. It's about us knowing us better, us loving us better, us then being able to love God and neighbors better. So this integration is important. St. Thomas says that we must have an internal unity in order to have a union with anyone else, including God. And the IMKs are all about offering another way to our IRCC applicants to help them love themselves better, to open the door to love the na their neighbors better and for them to love God better by fostering better interior integration. Now, we are working primarily in the natural realm here. We're expecting to have good spiritual outcomes by virtue of shoring up the natural foundation. So many spiritual problems are really spiritual consequences of human formation problems and deficits. That's what we believe at Souls and Hearts. And so we want to work especially on ordering self-love, how we can make that self-love more ordered. And to do that, we are going to be focusing on the attachment needs. So there's a nice picture where we have, you know, this image of a mom with her kids 
right? But we're going to address these attachment needs, this felt sense of safety, this felt sense of safety and protection, feeling seen, heard, known, and understood, feeling comforted, soothed, and reassured, feeling cherished, treasured, and delighted in, feeling that the other has your best interest at heart. We really do consider how these attachment needs are being experienced, being met or not met on a part-by-part -part basis for our, for our uh, RCC applicants who are taking the IMK. And it's not just the attachment needs. We're also going to be looking at the integrity needs. And when we discuss integrity needs, it's really important to have a little visual that has some Scrabble pieces that spell out the word integrity. So I wanted to make sure I gave you that. Uh, but the integrity needs are my need to exist and survive, my need to matter, my need to have agency, my need to be good, my need for mission and purpose in life. In the resilient Catholic community, we have this very specific and direct focus on those needs being met across parts. And it's really about empowering the individual's innermost self to be able to meet some of those needs directly and to be able to invite their parts into relationship with other people and with God, with the saints, with our Blessed Mother, to be able to have needs met. Those attachment needs and those integrity needs. But let's get into why should we assess with the IMK? What's the whole purpose? When I was little, I always asked this question, why? Why, mommy? Why? And I think it's really important that we understand why we do these IMKs. Um, the first reason is to assess fitness for the RCC. We really want to make sure that the RCC is a community that's safe, that is conducive to people doing their, their work inside. And there are a number of people that do not fit the criteria. We'll discuss the criteria for admission later, but we that's the first reason for the IMK. We just want to make sure that the IMK is a good fit for what, what people need. The second is to help with increased self-awareness. And this takes a lot of different forms in the IMK. The first is to give hidden or unacknowledged parts a voice. It can be very comforting. Parts that have never been seen, heard, known, or understood, when they have this sense that, they are, that they've been discovered or that they've been recognized in the IMK report, that can be really powerful for our RCC applicants. We also provide initial direction through the IMK. Individualized reports with a personal human formation plan. This helps people to have a sense across parts that there is a direction for them. The fourth is to encourage hope, right? To encourage confidence that things can be better, that there is a way toward better human formation for the applicant. Applicants are often amazed at how accurately the IMK seems to describe and put words to and make sense of their inner experience. It can often be the first taste of a personal experience of parts work, and this generates hope. The fifth reason is that IMK reports are often useful to others. Uh, our RCC applicants can share their reports with whomever they think it might be helpful, right? So some provide them to their therapist or to their spiritual director uh, or to others, uh, sometimes spouses. The, the sixth is that we use the IMK in 
matching companion trios. These are the, the small groups of three where we ask that people check in uh, every day. And these are often the, the, the closest relationships that people have within the RCC. It's really about accountability, uh, but we also want to make sure that we're taking a look at the IMKs in the, the matching so that we don't pair people who are, who's, who are likely to have parts that either align or polarize in destructive ways. The seventh is to establish norms. Um, what we're doing here is really trying to understand what kind of people are attracted and apply to the RCC. How do we understand that? And we can also, now that we have enough of a database, we've had about 200 people already at the time of this uh, of this filming, 200 people that have taken the IMKs and have joined the RCC, um, we can predict negative outcomes, we can predict a dropout, or we can predict individuals who uh, might create um, destructive, disrupting kinds of situations within, within the RCC. In the first two cohorts, uh, I cast too wide a net. I included too many people. I didn't know, but now we're going to get to the point where we can refine more, more, more deliberately who would be the best fit for the RCC and take advantage of uh, predictive analytics to be able to do that. Um, the next one is to uh, is for outcome studies, and this is to take a look at is what we're offering in the RCC effective? Does it does it help people in very specific and concrete ways? And so we want to take a look at that. And it can also help us to know where we might need to tune the programming in the RCC. And then the ninth reason is for uh, those that are doing the IMK report writing. That's you, you, um, for you to be able to have a better sense of, 
um, of your uh, capacity to do some case conceptualization to think about um, to think about people in terms of their parts. And so it's a, a it's kind of a crash course in being able to just stretch your mind in understanding others. So a couple of things to remember here. Um, the IMK is not a clinical service. It's not psychological assessment. The focus of the IMK is on human formation. It's not on psychiatric or psychological diagnosis. The focus is not to measure the person as it is according to the APA when it comes to the American Psychological Association, when it comes to psychological assessment, but to help the person understand himself or herself better. The, um, the American Psychological Association says on its websites that psychologists use tests and other assessment tools to measure and observe patients' behavior to arrive at a diagnosis and to guide treatment. Well, there's a lot that differentiates us from that. First of all, we don't have patients, and I don't like that word anyway. Um, we're not focusing just on behavior. We're not trying to get to diagnosis, and we don't treat. Um, and so... In the, in the RCC, we're focusing on the IMK applicant and on his or her human formation with the goal of interior integration, that inner unity, so that she can form a deeper union with God, with Mary, and with others. That's what we're about. Uh, the goal here is not to measure, but to help the person to know and love himself or herself and to love others across parts, right? not just with one or two parts or not just with the innermost self, but with the entirety of their being. Psychology and therapy have no monopoly on human formation. Human formation was going on long before those disciplines were established. I wanna let you know that we do have approval for non-clinicians to use all of the measures in non-clinical contexts, right? That's because the instruments in the public domain or because we have permission of the instruments owners. So everything that we have in the IMK is allowed to be used in non-psychological assessment situations. There's no restricted instruments, is what I'm saying. That would be restricted just for psychologists' use in assessment purposes. All right, and many of these instruments are used as screening instruments in a variety of applications, like at health fairs, for example, or other places like that. So we are operating uh, ethically and legitimately, is what I'm trying to get across with our use of these instruments. Okay, so some concerns and risks about the IMK experience. Um, just I want to mention these. Uh, in about 1% to 2% of our applicants, um, there's this sort of sense that the IMK has exposed parts prematurely, that parts that were hidden were exposed, and that was upsetting either to them or to other parts, their protectors, for example. And so we want to really be sensitive to felt safety and protection. The vast majority of experiences, even when there's been some concerns about exposing parts prematurely, have been very positive. In fact, we've never had an IMK that's sort of blown up or where people were upset or anything like that. But just, just to know that the, the one sort of question or concern we've had from a handful of people, not very many, is just that, wow, this was, this was, really, um, this was really revealing. And so I just want you to be aware of that as you write reports. We want there to be trust in a collaborative and cooperative process. All right, so let's go on to the guiding principles for IMK reports. Again, I'm just gonna emphasize again that the IMK is not psychological ass uh, assessment. And the IMK process is gloriously imprecise and speculative. And that's a beautiful thing. 
because it allows us tremendous freedom to be able to 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 operate in a variety of different ways all right lots of room for speculation the point is not to clearly identify every part of the applicant system really what we're trying to do is demonstrate a model of multiplicity and unity inside a model of systems thinking that is personally relevant to the individual we're talking about attachment taken inside we're talking about multiplicity we're talking about unity we're talking about integration that's what i want people to begin thinking about right rather than you know sort of chiseling in stone this is who you are or trying to convey that to people the imk is meant to become outdated it's meant to become totally eclipsed by the the rcc applicants connection with his or her parts right as the rcc applicant goes through the rcc they're they're supposed to be getting connected with their parts and eventually that personal intimate knowledge is going to transcend or eclipse anything that's in the imk report right so the imk report is a temporary aid right the imk is the imk is meant to become outdated as the person connects more and more with his or her parts so in that sense we don't have to get it all right right god works through the whole process and our inaccuracies in this also have value romans 8 28 applies here all things work together for good for those who love the lord who are called according to his decree so even our mistakes god can use we can be creative in how we do this we can come up with a new part description for example if it seems to fit that particular person um, and we can you can see the sample reports for those now let's go on and take a look at the report sections um the first thing in a report is that we don't write the report in the order that these sections appear in the report right we always open up with a disclaimer and that disclaimer really tries to set the tone for the report and the current disclaimer reads the possibilities listed below about your internal system are speculative and do not constitute psychological assessment these hypotheses are offered to you for informational purposes as a starting point to promote the kind of self-exploration that leads to deeper self-awareness and better connection with your parts as such the contents of these results are provocative and evocative rather than diagnostic and should not be taken as definitively describing who your parts actually are you can consider each part description below of parts to suggest roles that a part may play some parts may have more than one role some roles may be played by more than one part okay so there's that disclaimer then there's the overarching goals um and these are the the big picture for that particular individual given his or her imk results the next section is on attachment style and we have a number of instruments that assess attachment then uh current functioning and we have a number of instruments that assess current functioning and then we get into the hypothesized exiled parts the hypothesized manager parts the hypothesized firefighter parts and the hypothesized relationships among parts finally we get into the suggested human formation objectives the internal challenges we think the person may face we want to emphasize their strengths and then we discuss admission to the rcc okay so but you have examples there's some examples posted on the website also of sample reports 
But I want to talk about the IMK parts resource sheet. What is this? This is a template for different parts of the report. It provides little paragraphs that are pre-written that can help you in assembling the report. So these are different ready-made options for, for example, describing parts. And I'm going to invite you to look at the elements in the IMK parts resource sheet. Look at them like outfits or clothes on a rack that can be then tailored to the individual. So we'll talk about that. Let's just take a minute and take a look at the parts resource sheet. Do you see on this parts resource sheet that we have the disclaimer, and then we have a whole series of overarching goals. And I think we have, yeah, we have like 14 of them on the current version. And these you can choose from. Usually we will pick somewhere between, somewhere around five, somewhere between four and six of these overarching goals. And you can think about which of these make sense for your particular uh, your particular candidate. Um, then um, we have a section on self-absorption on here. That is if the DES, the Dissociative Experiences Scale, the, self, the absorption subscale is elevated, you could use that. Then we have a whole section here in blue of exile parts, right? Ten of them. Shame bearers, there's two variations there, a mistreated part, a vulnerable part, abandoned part, isolated part, deprived part. Um, you get a, you'll get a copy of this, so you can look at it. And then we leave those, actually, when we write these reports, you leave those in blue. I like to keep different colors. And so the XLs are in blue. The managers here are in green. And you can see that we've got a whole bunch of different managers. Um, and then including intimidators and a stressed part and a fault finder. And then hypothesized firefighter parts. You'll see here that sometimes it can be hard to, to detect firefighter parts because the person's very, um, very controlled by their managers. And so you might use this language here because your managers are likely to have fairly consistent governance of your internal system. Your fighter fighters might not be so evident and may enter, enter into consciousness only rarely. Thus, the hypothesized firefighter parts are especially speculative. But here's some firefighters. And then in purple, we have the hypothesized polarizations. So if you notice that you've got two parts that are likely to be polarized, we've spent some time putting together a whole series of ways that different parts can polarize. So there's like, I don't know, 30, 34 of them so far. Um, and then here are the suggested human formation objectives. We have uh, a 17 of them listed as possibilities. Again, we're looking for about five uh, to go into the report. So you might want to um, you might want to look through those. Uh, I would recommend it to find ones that make sense. These are common internal challenges that um, that people face. So. Uh, again, we pick the ones that seem relevant, but we don't want to overwhelm. There's 31 of them or 32 of them here. It's really important to share with our uh, to share with our applicants what their strengths are. So we have 22 strengths, and typically we'll have anywhere between six and 15 of these, uh, six and 12 usually, somewhere between six and 12. We want to find ways that we can build them up and complement them. 
And then there's a bunch of uh, different kind of paragraphs here under the admit to the resilient capitalist community, different ways of discussing that. And then there's always a statement about who they can contact. For the women in this next cohort, that should be Marianne Moreland. For, uh, for, for the men, that should be me. And so there'll be a little language there at the bottom giving them an, an, an email for connection there. So that's a brief glam, glance at the IMK Hearts resource sheet. One other thing I wanted to mention is that we're going to usually find between two to five exiles, uh, between two to six managers, and between two to six firefighters for each report, somewhere between nine and 15, maybe 16 parts total for each IMK report. I wanted to mention that. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that the last part of the report, the personal human formation plan, we repeat the overarching goals. We, we, we list them again. We, we list the suggested human formation objectives again. And then we put in the daily, weekly activities. Uh, and these are, this is pretty much standard for everybody coming into the, into the RCC. If somebody is not coming into the RCC, if we're, re, if we are not accepting them, then we do not include the personal human formation plan in that section. And so uh, that's it for that. Now we're going to head over to the specific guidance on the IMK process. Okay, so we, um, we're going to start with your own preparation. This is really, really important. I can't stress it enough. Uh, that includes, you know, your spiritual preparation and your natural preparation. So in the spiritual realm, to pray for wisdom, to pray for counsel from Our Lady, maybe from Our Lady of Good Counsel, Our Mother of Good Counsel, for guidance from the Holy Spirit, that, that you be able to connect with this person through the IMK report in a way that is good for their for, for their soul, in a way that's good for their heart. I also really emphasize the natural level preparation. Right? This means really being recollected, you know, yourself, working to be unblended. Um, and why? Well, so that we don't have a part driving this that might have a limited vision and, and not see things, but that our parts can be so helpful in the IMK report writing process as well. Parts of us as writers of these IMK reports can often sense their counterparts in the IMK applicant through the responses, through the scores on the IMK measures, through the, uh, through the sentence completions, for example, on the IRIS, the, the implicit religion, incomplete sentences, and in other ways. So I'm really all about allowing my parts to share what they sense in the IMK applicant. This is very nonlinear. It can feel really intuitive. Uh, hunches are good. Um, the sharing of parts can be spontaneously. For example, one of your parts may just pipe up with something to contribute. Or the sharing may be more structured. You might invite your parts into a kind of conference table approach where they just share what they're noticing as you go through or after you've gone through the initial look at the um, at the data for a particular applicant. You can develop your own style with this. And you don't have to be in touch with all your parts. Some parts may just not be very interested in participating in this, you know, and, and in helping with this. And that's fine. A lot of freedom here.
What we're trying to do, though, is to see the person's system, to, to sort of sense the person's system, to visualize their parts and their interactions among parts. And because we're in the communion of saints, I think that's possible. I think we can actually do that. So clarity here is a really important C, and so is compassion. Um, we don't write the IMK report, as I said, in the same order as the sections are listed. And now we're going to talk about the Data Central Excel sheet. The Data Central Excel sheet. This is where you will be getting most of the data from the, uh, from the IMK for a person. There's three tabs you'll be looking at. The main tab contains all of the data. That's all 768 data points that each person generates. The practices tab summarizes the personal and demographic responses. Okay, so that's, uh, that breaks out more of the text-based responses. And the client summary tab summarizes all the scaled scores. Right, that's the sort of central place where you're going to be looking at most of the data. So let's go ahead and just take a quick look at what that data central Excel sheet looks like. Okay, so now we're going to take a look at the Excel sheet, the data central Excel sheet. And remember, we've got different tabs here. Uh, this is the main tab where we have all of the data for all of it, uh, all the people, uh, all 768 data points. So see down here on the main. I want to go to um, to practices, though. All right, and I've zoomed in here. And you can see that on practices, we are um, getting the basic demographics. So here's uh, for uh, an incoming IMK applicant, white female, age 50 54 married uh, is a parent but not a therapist or a spiritual director has a bachelor's degree um and we ask about therapy and so forth so this is just information for you and then how much time processing uh this is the 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 internal processing uh communication time with spouse um in the uh and then what catholic group she's involved with what her prayer life is like uh then we get into yeah some of the spiritual practices and she's got a list of them here that we ask about and human formation practices and then these two sections are pretty important these are the uh struggles and the anything else she wants to tell us you're going to be looking in here and under struggles and anything else she wants to tell us um about keywords you're really going to be looking for keywords right so in here she's talking about a difficult marriage there's a keyword there a great residual defensiveness so that defensiveness we're going to capture that as a keyword and then let's see what else has she got i'm just doing this as i go along i haven't looked at this one yet um suffering spiritually and in her natural relationships mm, that might be a keyword we're just trying to get the the um the main themes right so this difficult marriage that came up and the defensiveness um and she talks about feeling alone and lost so i would keep those as keywords things that you want to bear in mind and so that's the um that's that uh practices um 
section, that tab. And that's where we start. That's where we start with actually looking at the data is just taking down a few notes about what's important to re remember from what she told us in those practices. And then we're going to shift over to looking at her implicit religion incomplete sentences. That's the second one. And so here is an example of an implicit religion incomplete sentences. This is from a different person. I don't want to get too much uh, of the same person on this one video because I don't want things to be identified. But again, in here, we're going to be looking at the responses. We're going to be looking at what does um, what does this person tell us? And um, again, we're going to be looking for keywords in here. And what are examples of the keywords? Like anger, sadness, shame, guilt, disappointment, abandonment, trauma, betrayal, uh, inadequate, right? Empty inside, sinner, uh, being unloved or rejected or lonely, uh, being critical of myself, that suggests an inner critic, or being an addict, which might suggest a, a possible firefighter. There could be trauma-related keywords. So as we look at this implicit religion in complete sentences, we're going to take a look and see what um, what we see. And on number seven, when I sin, I feel regret and disappointment. That might be a keyword. We'll see if it re if it comes up again. Um, I am worried that God the Father is inaccessible to me sometimes. Okay, so God the Father being distant. You see sort of a contradiction here, and God's warmth and kindness for me are abundant, but you might not feel it. I'm not sure. Um, here we go. I have trouble understanding why God seems distant at times. Okay, so now we see that we've got distant and inaccessible. So that starts to be a pattern, a theme. So we want to capture that, God feeling distant. Just looking through these others to see if there's anything else I would grab. Uh, Jesus as kind and compassionate. So there might be a, dis a difference between how she experiences Jesus as kind and compassionate and God the Father as being distant. Uh, and that'll be fleshed out a little bit more when we take a look at some of the, um, the data around her attachment to Father and attachment to, uh, to God. Um. I wish I was never adopted by my parents. Okay, that may that may really indicate some mother and father issues on the natural level. Um, and Satan tempts me with desolations. Okay, that's that distance, that that isolation again. So we want to get a list of maybe maybe four, six, eight, ten keywords or key themes from the personal struggles and anything else they want us to know. Uh, in the demographics and that personal data, and then also from the iris, the implicit religion incomplete sentences. And now we're going to head back to the uh, the uh, the uh, the the Excel data sheet, and we're going to take a look at that main sheet. So let's do that. Okay, so now we are on the what's called the client summary tab of our um of our big data central sheet and here you can see the summaries of the summary scores of all of our measures there's a lot of them and when we are working with this one we're going to start with measures of well-being we're going to be looking at writing up that section of the report on current functioning 
And so for that, we're going to look at things like the flourishing scale. And so for this particular person, the flourishing scale is at, uh, she gets a, a score, score of 48, which is average. Now, I want to show you something on here where if you look, we've got like different cell colors. You can see some of them are yellow, some of them are green, some of them are orange, some of them are red. If And some of them are just plain clear or white. If it's white, it's just in the normal range. If it's green, it's looking better than we would expect. There's a significantly better score here than we would expect. So for her on the gratitude scale, um, the, gratitude, the gratitude questionnaire, she's got uh, a 32, which is better than we would expect. Um, if there is uh, a yellow, that means mildly elevated in a negative direction. If you look at orange, like we have over here for SMI punitive parent, moderately elevated in uh, a problematic direction. And if it's, if it's red, that's highly elevated in a negative direction. Okay, so those these are all programmed in to... Uh, tell you immediately whether that score is significant in some kind of direction. Over here to the right in columns C, D, E, and F, uh, this is where I put uh, the parameters that I'm using to determine whether the cell lights up or not. So if you're curious about how close they are to a particular threshold for a cell to turn a different color, you can consult those. Those are also there in case I want to change those parameters in the future. Uh, for some of these measures, like the uh, NAB measures, the ones that we just added, the Christian Gratitude Scale, the Christian Contentment Scale, and the Communion with God Scale, we're not familiar with those measures. This is the first time that we're doing this, offering them in June of 2023. And so... We don't have established norms yet for our own population, and those scales really don't have established norms outside yet either that would be relevant to what we have. So we're kind of guessing and we're holding those three very lightly because uh, they were just added to the battery. Others of these, um, we are determining these cutoffs based on the, uh, the norms for the uh, standardization samples that the measures used, or we're looking at our own norms that have developed over time. Because again, now we have hundreds of people that have done this, we can actually make uh, our own specific norms, you know, take a look at our own specific um, levels that we see. So um, so the measures of well-being. So we're first going to look at the flourishing scale, just to see. We're going to look at the Christian contentment scale. Again, this we hold this very lightly because it's very new. You can look at the SMI healthy adult um, this is the schema mode inventory, the healthy adult. That often is very low for some reason. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in it um, because I see this coming up really low, even in profiles where the person looks relatively good. Uh, but then also the overall YSQ mean score. To get that, we have to go down and we have to look at um, the mean score, which is in uh, uh, I-36, all right? And if that one is looking good, uh, that's a good sign, right? If that one is red, or even if it's orange, uh, that is the single best indicator of overall functioning, right? This YSQ mean score is the overall best indicator that I found for overall functioning. And so then we're going to head into looking at some um, more specific measures. We have the measures of gratitude, which would be the gratitude questionnaire and the Christian gratitude scale. And then specific domains of functioning, those would be on the depression, anxiety, and stress scales. And so those are down here. 
you can see for this person, depression is in the normal range and anxiety and stress are particularly low. We have a measure of irritability, which is the bite. That's the brief irritability test. Uh, and that's in the average range for this person. You can see um, right at 14. And then we look at dissociation. Uh, and there's an overall dissociation score uh, right here. But then the DES2 has three subscales, amnesia, depersonalization, and absorption. The one you'll see elevated most on these is absorption. That's self-absorption. And uh, when we see that elevated, uh, it's often because there's a lot going on inside the person, a lot that's attracting attention inside. And it can indicate that there is uh, some, some significant internal focus. Then we also have the measures of resilience, which are the Connor Davidson. That's a measure of natural resilience. This one's in the average range for that. Uh, and then there's the um, the spiritual resilience inventory for Catholics, which I wrote. And again, we hold this pretty lightly, and she's very high on this. You don't usually don't see this green. Um, there's different domains of this where um, it has to do with the experiential part of this is how well can a person experience, how resilient is the person under stress in, in terms of having a felt knowledge of God. The belief has to do with how consistent can a person hold on to orthodox catholic beliefs about god when they're under stress and the uh, behavioral is how well does the person continue with their spiritual practices even when they're under stress do they continue to pray do they continue to work a spiritual plan of life so those are what those mean uh, and then after that uh, we look at the attachment measures this is the rsq um, by chris fraley out of illinois um, so there's two sections here. The RSQ looks at anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. And the first area is general. You'll see that in cells B8 and B9. I'm sorry, B9 and B10. That's general attachment. But then there's specific measures of attachment to mother, father, uh, their romantic partner, and their best friend. And then we also added, with Chris Fraley's permission, their attachment to uh, God the Father, their attachment to Jesus, their attachment to the Holy Spirit, and their attachment to Mary. Each of those yield a, a, a score both for anxious attachment and for um, and for avoidant attachment. There's also the uh, God image measures. Uh, and some of those are again these RSQ, these attachment, these attachment measures for God and the three persons of the Trinity and for Mary. But we also have the um, AGI, the attachment to God inventory, which shows where uh, a score for anxious attachment to God and avoidant attachment to God. You'll also find um, a fair amount of God image information on the. Iris, the incomplete, the incom the implicit religion, incomplete sentences for Catholics edition, and then also in the demographics. So when we are writing up the um, these these sections on current functioning and attachment, we want to be careful about our language. We don't want to say the IMK shows that you are depressed if we happen to see an elevation in the DAS depression. 
because we we don't say that with we can't say that with confidence what we can say is that the imk screen for depression indicated a mild elevation right or the imk screen for depression was moderately elevated all right so we don't want to make claims about the person's experience because that starts to sound a little too diagnostic but we want to note that certain things were elevated or not elevated that we can say with confidence um let's go over to the jeffrey young measures and these are the ones written by jeffrey young of schema mode therapy and i am indebted to uh dr peter martin clinical psychologist who recommended these because these are the ones that i think are most helpful in identifying parts and so the schema mode inventory uh gives us a number of different um descriptions or elevations that um we could look at in terms of different parts a vulnerable child angry child enraged child impulsive child undisciplined child contented child a compliant surrender a detached protector detached self-soother a self-aggrandizer bullying attack punitive parent demanding parent and healthy adult those are all on the smi and you can see here there are some mild elevations for some of these all right uh the strongest one would be the punitive parent here for this particular protocol which I tend to correlate with a self-punisher a firefighter who is a self-punisher right the demanding parent would be more of like a, an internal critic an inner critic and there are lots of connections between these and the parts on the IMK parts resource sheet you'll learn this by doing it so this is why we also have the individual instruction um and there are also um separate interpretation sheets for both the schema mode inventory and the young schema questionnaire that have interpretive paragraphs for each one of these elevations so you can see what Jeffrey Young indicates that they measure right for the YSQ there's abandonment and instability mistrust and abuse emotional deprivation defectiveness shame social isolation and alienation dependence and incompetence and so on um so let me tell you a little bit about how to interpret these so when you're looking over here these are based off of the norms for the measure so if these light up it's because these are the norms that Jeffrey Young has given us in his standardization samples for levels of significance uh here on the bottom for the YSQ there's two sets of numbers the first is how how many critical items were uh were indicated on that scale and since we're doing the YSQ 90 scale each of these has five um has five items on that load on it and for some reason he puts them on a zero to ten scale so for example if you see here this particular person had scored two items that loaded on emotional deprivation she scored two critical items on that uh and then on one critical item on social alienation and shame or social alienation or social isolation and alienation and then one on uh insufficient self-control over here on the the second column in the j column here is a z score all right so what we did here is um and again this is courtesy of Peter Martin this is relatively speaking for this particular individual how did they score uh what did they score most on in terms of their own in terms of their own responses so this is this column here j is unique this z score is unique to the particular individual 
And so for this particular individual, what we see is that there was a lot more scored on emotional deprivation than anything else. Her Z-score was 1.71, but she also showed some significant emotional inhibition and some um, social isolation and alienation, and also some insufficient self-control, right? So um, so we want to be paying attention here, whereas we didn't see vulnerability to harm or illness, right? Uh, that one is particularly low given her other responses. So that's how we interpret that. Um, let's see. Okay, and then after that, we'll go back to the report. Um, and here's where you pick out all of the parts that you're going to uh, put into her report. At this point, after looking at the YSQ, I'm thinking about the exiles. I'm thinking about the firefighters. I'm thinking about the uh, managers. And if we just go through the uh, the YSQ vulnerable child, we do have a part that's a vulnerable part. We have parts that are angry, like a raging part or angry exile. We also have like a feisty protector, a feisty firefighter. Um, you'll see these all listed in the IMK parts resource sheet. So enraged, you can see that. I interpret this impulsive child as looking at the failures of the managers, like how, how often do the managers fail, which gives me an indicator of how much firefighter activity we might have. Same thing with undisciplined child. A uh, detached protector we, and a detached self-soother, look at those as possibly managers or possibly firefighters, depending on whether they're proactive or reactive in the way that I'm understanding this. A self-aggrandizer, I look at self-absorption on the DES. If both of those are high, then I would talk about having a self-absorbed part or a narcissistic part. Um, bullying attack, that's an intimidating firefighter, like an intimidator. Punitive parent, as I mentioned before, that's a self-punisher, I would be thinking. Demanding parent, that would be an inner critic. Uh, and a healthy adult, again, we talked about that. Abandonment and instability, looked at an abandoned exile. Emotional deprivation, another exile there. Shame bearer here for defectiveness and shame. Social isolation, we could, we could have an isolated or alienated part. Uh, that could be That would be an exile. So... Um, Lots of these entitlement grandiosity, again, there's where we're getting back into some of that narcissism or that self-absorption, um, self-sacrificers, very common managers for, for very many people, approval seekers, you know, we have that in the YSQ, um, a negative and a pessimistic part. That's often a manager, could be a firefighter, but it's often a manager. A lot of this is just what are you sensing? What are you feeling again in your parts? Like what 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 does it sort of feel like to you? We don't have to get it all right. I want to be really clear about that. We're just starting out. This is very tentative. We're holding it really lightly. It's highly speculative. Okay, so uh, we're going to turn back to the report now. And so let me go ahead and shift screens. And so here I have a sample mock report, and we'll just look at it again, right? There's the disclaimer at the top. You can see uh, that's from a, a little older version, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, and then the overarching goals. This one has uh, four overarching goals. Usually there's somewhere between four and six. Here's a little section on attachment style. And look at the look at the language in these reports, because this these were written by me. 
Um, and you can see how they sort of summarize the data from the attachment uh, instruments, the uh, the RSQ and the attachment to God, but also bringing in uh, keywords. We want to be putting in the keywords that we found in the um, in the personal information and in the iris, right? So if that remember we had that distant uh, God feeling distant, that would come up here. This would be a place where we would start to customize uh, that by including that languaging. Here's a section on current functioning. And uh, again, then we drop into the um, the exiled parts. This particular report has four exiled parts and four manager parts, Catholic standard bearer, and an inner critic, a controller, and a self-sacrificer. And then there happens to be four firefighters as well. There's that self-punisher. We talked about that before. This, again, isn't connected to that particular uh, sheet that we were looking at in the Excel file. Uh, here's a rebel and an avoider. And then this is the hypothesized relationships among parts. I have five here. Usually we have somewhere between uh, five and up to 12 or 13, if it's helpful. So once we've written those, uh, I tend to go to the challenges next, the internal challenges, the, the things that might make things difficult. And mostly you're just pulling these off of the uh, parts, the IMK, the IMK parts resource sheet, and then, um, then the internal strengths, and then the question about admission. Now, if we talked about the three options for admission, you know, that you are admitted, uh, with no conditions, admitted with certain conditions, or not admitted, you can also decide to write up a section about how you're not sure. Because remember, the feedback interview, the 15-minute feedback interview, is also part of this whole discernment process, not only for the IMK applicant about whether she wants to continue or not, but on our end to kind of see how the person responds to the feedback. Uh, and then uh, this is the... Uh, personalized human formation plan. Um, it's important on these reports that we do not put the names of the person. We used to put the names on the reports, but now we're just leaving the codes on there so that you never actually have to come in contact with the actual names of the people. Uh, and then when we're transferring files and so forth, it's just another way of increasing uh, confidentiality, the protection of confidentiality. So let's talk a little bit about the goodness of fit. Um, and for that, we're going to go back to our, uh, we're going to go back to our, um, our slides and I'll get that up in just a minute. Okay. So who is a good fit for the RCC? Well, first of all, we're looking for faithful Orthodox Catholics. These are Catholics who believe what the church teaches definitively. Uh, in terms of faith and morals. We're not looking for folks that are cafeteria Catholics or who have dissenters who have access to grind about the teachers in the church. That's partly a safety thing, and it's partly a cohesion thing. We're also looking for folks who are psychologically minded. We don't want a candidate who is just uh, ordered to go into the RCC by a spiritual director, for example, uh, but doesn't really understand what this is about and doesn't have a kind of way of being able to perceive these things. We're also looking for those who appreciate unity and multiplicity. Sometimes we have situations in which it's fairly clear that there is a very prominent 
manager who's really driving the person into the RCC in order to take care of some other parts that are really opposed to being in the RCC. If we notice that, we want to make sure that there is at least, at least um, grudging acceptance across all parts that we're in touch with, that we're aware of. And then we are looking for people that are committed to having a personal relationship with God and Mary in prayer. Okay, those really are important ones, right? Also, those that deeply desire to come to God, to come to Mary with a childlike trust and a complete confidence. That's 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 kind of what we're looking for ideally. If we talk about contraindications for the RCC, if there's too much unresolved stress, if that YSQ total score is in the orange or red, and there are other indications on the DASS, the depression, anxiety, and stress scales, if we're seeing a lot of dissociation on the DES, especially if there's amnesia or depersonalization on those subscales, if that's elevated, that's, that's an issue. Uh, anybody that's in crisis, um, that's, it's not a good time for them to be joining the RCC if they're in crisis. People sometimes will make the, uh, try to make the RCC a substitute for the reparative or restorative work of therapy. They really are looking at the RCC as a way to do therapy. Um, but, uh, those folks need individual attention, individual care. Sometimes there are prominent manager parts who are opposed to parts work. We sometimes get folks that come into the RCC uh, and they have an extremely external focus. Like my spouse needs to change. My husband is a narcissist. That's a really common one. Um, and it's all about the husband, right? Uh, and so we need to, to see if there is at least some willingness, significant willingness to go inside and to do one's own work. We have had people that couldn't make it in the RCC because of technological issues, can't manage Zoom, for example, or can't manage mighty networks. So just pay attention as, um, as for those of you that do the the interviews to see if they can handle that. If they're organized enough to be able to maintain a schedule, that becomes an issue. Uh, and a little saying here: when in doubt, they stay out. Um, we will probably um, not accept somewhere between ten and fifteen, maybe up to twenty percent of our applicants. Um, just because they're not good fits for the RCC and, you know, 20% of the people in the RCC are going to really suck up 80% of the resources. Um, you know, if they are having trouble, if they're having problems, if they're in crisis all the time, it can lead to, um, diminishing the experience for the other people for whom the RCC is a better fit. So we want to, we want to see if we can eliminate those folks um, from con consideration for the RCC, at least at the present time. You know, often that's an encouragement for them to get into therapy. Often it's an encouragement for them to do some work. Uh, and then they have the option of reapplying for a later cohort. If they do that, um, you know, we will uh, have them do the IMK again. We'll look at the results again. Remember, we always have two sets of eyes uh, on this. There, there are always the initial draft of the report and then someone who reviews it. So, um, so we have a second set of eyes and a way to kind of resolve if there are differences. Just one final word is that the IMK is really the intellectual property of souls and hearts. Um, so we ask that you don't just do this on your own. In fact, we insist that you don't just do this for your own uh for your own clients or for your friends or relations or whatever 
um, that anything, anytime it's used, that it go through souls and hearts. And the reason for that is that we pay for these measures. Some of them are on a per use uh, basis. And so we need to keep track of that. And also because, yeah, this is, this is something that's taken a lot of time to develop. And, um, and while we want to make it widely available, in fact, even for people that can't afford it, we lose money on some of these IMKs because some people simply cannot pay the, 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 the registration fee for the, for the RCC. Um, so it's not that, but we do want to make sure that it's not ever going to be misused and that we have a sense of how it's being used. So just ask if you'd like to be able to use it in some other application. All right. So with that, um, I am, you know, just excited that we had this opportunity to be together. Feel free to reach out to me with questions or to our IMK trainers. Uh, some of them have done like dozens of these, hundreds of these. Uh, so do not hesitate to reach out with questions. You're not going to understand it all just from this 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 one video, but um, as time goes on, I'm sure that you'll get the hang of it. Feel free to to to, to just check in with us throughout the process uh, with anything that you need. So it's been great to be with you. Thanks for for uh, for your willingness to kind of connect with us, and I look forward to 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 uh, to continuing. Uh, in this really critical aspect of bringing people into the Resilient Catholics community. God bless.